If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Isn't this a sports show? So I got a haircut yesterday, Mm -hmm. two days ago. I also brought the beard in a little bit today. And so this is basically, ju- I'm just waiting for the guy that said I looked fatter on Facebook than I saw on the radio. Almost entirely. Just come back now. It was mostly fluff. Facebook commenter. This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. He also called into the postgame show at one point, and, uh, and he's, he's cool. Mom, don't, mom, please stop bullying that guy. It's fine. Not a joke. <laughs> Not a joke. Not a joke. None of what I just said was a joke. Every single syllable was a, was a real thing. Take the show with you by listening on the Sports Radio 810 mobile app at 810whb.com or by searching for Almost Entirely Sports wherever you get your podcasts. That was bad. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but it was bad. There it is. Hold on. Let me change that. That was bad. I admit it. I'm not sorry. This is Almost Entirely Sports on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Wow, a lot has happened in the last 48 hours or so. My goodness. I was just doing kind of, while the intro was playing, a little inventory of what all we're going to talk about in our two hours tonight. We didn't have a show yesterday, so I have Earl Thomas jokes that went viral on Twitter that I haven't talked about. Viral's a bit strong. I've I've got jokes. I've got takes. I've got predictions and things to roast on Twitter. I'm very angry about something very serious and about something very stupid. I have offered to eat a taser on Twitter. All of that happening all at once, and we've got two hours to talk about it here with you tonight on Almost Entirely Sports. Seth Kaiser will join us for his Tuesday talk here in an hour. But the very first thing before we get into what we're clearly starting with today, which is just the entire width and breadth of the Sammy Watkins story, I have good news. I bring you grand tidings of great joy. I can't, I think I screwed up a sentence. Don't tell anybody. A National Treasure TV series is coming to Disney Plus in addition to a planned third movie. I don't know when. I don't know how. I think the original cast is in the movie, and then it's a younger cast for the TV show. I don't need that. I need the, ori- I need the original cast. If it I doesn't, need Nicolas Cage and yeah. two other people that I can't remember the names of. If it doesn't have Nicolas Cage, I'm checking out. Because here's not the thing. National Treasure anymore. Nicolas Cage is the national treasure. Like, after yes, movie that's eight. That's exactly right. When they're and when the series finally concludes in National Treasure Eight, you know we'll find out that this whole time, the real National Treasure was Nicolas Cage. The friends we made along the way. Who is Nicolas Cage? Apparently, they are. Uh, they're working on a National Treasure for streaming. It says, and we're working on one for the big screen. Here's the thing. It sounds like the one for Disney Plus is a much younger cast. It's the same concept, but a young cast. The one for theatrical would be the same cast. So what it sounds like. 
it sounds like the the Disney Plus show would be a reboot, essentially. And, you know, I, I'm going to withhold judgment on that one, but I'm not optimistic, is what I will say. I'm ready for National Treasure 3, the movie, though. I And I have tweeted, and I stand by this controversial take, this is my coronavirus vaccine. Because there is no way that I am leaving this physical realm without seeing National Treasure 3. In fact, once it comes out, I might just never watch it, so I'll never die. Because I, I cannot, my soul cannot leave my body until I see the third installment of National Treasure. The reboot sounding uh, series, meh, I don't know, we'll see. But there's your good news for today. Before I get angry about a very serious and a very stupid thing later, before we talk about where we're at right now in terms of uh, hopes and plans for returns for, uh, for uh, baseball and basketball, I, I'm not telling you that any of that is, like, imminent or anything like that, but, but I do think it's interesting. And also, uh, the checkdown tweeted out a Madden 20 simulation of week one, and they had the uh, Texans beating the Chiefs 10-7. to And I said if the Chiefs score exactly seven points in this game, I will eat a taser. I have also clarified since then that in no way, uh, in no in no way uh, will the Chiefs score exactly seven points in that game, and also in absolutely no circumstances will I be eating a taser. Clyde Edwards-Alaire thing, drafting running back thing, that one I gotta I gotta own up to. Um, eating a taser. This is my official statement. Will not be doing that. I mean, we'll we'll see. I would say um, you, we don't know how Seth is going to tase you. You may eat a taser. <laughs> That's true. It, it just not, may not be accord. a second bet where you actually right. eat a taser uh, by yourself. That's right. I'll not be eating a taser by my own by my own on my own volition. So, so there's there's all of the there's the fun, all right. There's our there's our fun early stuff. The thing we're talking about today, though, is the Sammy Watkins story. We will talk to the author of the story uh, Thursday night, Thursday night at eight uh, is at least the current plan here. We'll talk to Tyler Dunn, who is an NFL features writer at Bleacher Report, and wrote this story on Sammy Watkins. And I, Rudy, I'm hope. Have you read the story the whole way through? Unfortunately, no. Every time I've tried, I've had something come up, which then, okay. for, like, I'm the type of reader too, where I, every time, like, I have to start over each time. I yeah. can't really just pick up, and so I have not been able to get through it. Okay. Everyone needs to read this, and. I guess the advantage, Rudy, for you not having read the whole thing yet is that you can kind of help me communicate with people who have not read the whole thing yet because in some ways I feel like the only way to talk about this story is to talk about it with people who have read it because to talk about any part of this story without the context of the full thing is genuinely incredibly difficult so i've read the first three paragraphs i feel like eight times yes and if every time i read it 
it is it feels like it's almost word for word just the start to i believe it's the fifth book in the dexter series where <laughs> it's talking about how the reason why you know if you don't know in, in the tv show dexter it's based off a book yeah he kills bad people right and the whole pre or you know um kind of like side story i believe it's book five is like there there'll be just like a one page chapter two page chapter just sprinkled in where it's talking about the darkness inside him like it's this own separate being and how he can feel the darkness inside him yeah. and that is basically just what those first three paragraphs are you're exactly right and so here's the thing though rudy and this this is why it's going to be very hard for me to communicate this to anyone else the whole thing and again, maybe you, maybe you can help in that regard is that is the first three paragraphs or whatever are literally that. And then also, uh, a couple thousand words later, there is a sentence that I am uh, I am taking totally out of context. But here's, here's the sentence that will punch you in the mouth, and you're, you're going to have no idea what's happening around it or after it. Here, here's, just, here's just a paragraph. You think the story is about demons and whatever. It's called, the article is called What Sammy Watkins Believes. And there's a lot of that. There's also this. So, briefly, Watkins daydreams of a career with Joe Burrow or Tua Tagovailoa. I'll follow one of them. And building a Super Bowl winner as the guy somewhere else. A stunning thing to read out of the context of the rest of the story. Which I'm not doing to be, um... I'm not. I'm not doing to, to to be like throwing smoke bombs in your face or anything. This is this is just sort of an example of just me grabbing some things. Okay. Later on, here here's something about him talking about Andy Reid. Every word that he said, Watkins says, has turned true. Every single word. He thinks about Mahomes. He loves his quarterback. The two have thrown back many a beer. Pat knows everything about him, and he knows everything about Pat. Okay, let's go, um, let's go something else. A 21-year-old drinking every night. That's no exaggeration. Watkins partied, quote, every night. Yes, quote, every night. I would, quote, I would go out and get wasted, he said. Wasted, wasted. Okay, here's another paragraph. Just another just snippet elsewhere in this story. Everyone was so quick to judge, so quick to dismiss him as a bust, and when they looked at him, all they saw was a, a Clemson super talent who got paid. They didn't know where he was really from. He's seen friends shot, quote, dead in the head, inches from him. So often, he knew who pulled the trigger, but says he never snitched. Nobody dared snitch. And if even then, even if you evade the streets and make it to the NFL, home had a way of haunting him. He tried to avoid it as much as possible, but sometimes he didn't have a choice but to return. So he got his gun license. Rival neighborhoods were at war, with gang members eyeing him up, wondering who he was fighting for. Watkins moved through the streets, quote, like military, watching every move. Here's another one. Before Davis knew it, they were talking about spaceships. Watkins says he's seen one. And aliens. Watkins believes he himself is one. Here's uh, let's see. I gotta get. I gotta get one more. I'm just remembering. I'm just remembering words and just hitting Control F and reading you snippets from this story. 
After one of his teammates scored a touchdown last fall, another Chiefs player stormed in Watkins' direction to shout, Good bleep, Sammy! Watkins looked at him, dumbfounded. His interpretation for the mistaken identity? His soul had leaped into the player who had actually scored. Are you, are you with me? Is everyone still with me on this? Again, this is not how the, I'm, I'm sure this is not how the author would want it to be absorbed. I am sure that this is not the most artful execution of it. I am sure that this is, this is unwieldy. For me, the point here is to, to show you what this story covers. And over these thousands of words, how much, every single one of those things I just gave you, they have a thousand words of context. And it, it's, it, it is so, the story reads easily. It, the story itself isn't unwieldy. The written story isn't unwieldy. Sammy Watkins' story is. Like, there's just, there's stuff about shapeshifters, and there's stuff about him in that, in that Jags game, being above his body, and, and sort of playing himself from beyond somehow, and, and dying in your dreams. And then also, contract demands, and wanting to, to be uh, in more of the Chiefs marketing material. So where do you start with that? And how do I how do I talk to anyone who hasn't read the whole thing? Like it's just, it's almost required reading for the rest of this segment, but I'm going to I'm going to try to continue talking about it and then Rudy you can be the voice for the people who have who've not yet read it. Um, how was how was that as a whirlwind of, of just a, of samples from various things that touches on? Do you feel like you've appropriately grasped the scale of this of this unbelievable thing? Yeah, I, I also have the story up, and first off, the the one thing I will say without a doubt, like it's an incredibly long story, incredibly easy to read. The way it's broken up yeah. into the into different parts was a great job by him, and also. This is this had to have been just like the most wild moment of his life, I imagine. Yeah, like, and there there are definitely at least two conversations with Sammy Watkins yeah. that kind of coming together. But yeah, I'm really excited to talk to Tyler about these conversations. Thursday had to be up there in terms of just most wild time because like you don't really expect that when talking to anybody, but especially not NFL football players. And again, weirdly. All of that stuff, the leaving your the soul leaving your body stuff, kind of isn't the most gripping part of it. I mean, for us, we've kind of like he's talked about stuff like this before, so this is pretty. It's still different. Yeah, it's There's different. Still, this still this still this still feels this still fills it in. We're a more lot. used to it, I guess. We've heard him I, talk so about being a lizard king it, before. It, now this is sure. more extreme, but it, it it is still a bit of a this is. It's not the Sammy Watkins we know, but we have a. I don't think any. I don't think we're necessarily surprised. No, but for me, it's it's not it's not even a de- it's not even it's not even an argument that that all of this stuff is pretty normal of the stuff about you know serpents and whatnot. 
for me, it's it's what happens with everything else around this story, and what 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 else we are we're not really talking about just yet. Which is again, like, you know, he believes that everyone has died tons of times. There's some stuff with reincarnation, and then you, your dreams aren't just dreams. You actually die in your dreams, and you come back again, and you can cast spells with your words and all of that. But here's the thing with all, with all of those things. That The reason that's not the most gripping thing for me is that lots of people believe lots of things that are varying amounts of weird. And now this is, I, I'm sure, dangerous territory here from literally any perspective. But if you have to try to quantify your understanding of the universe in literally any way, it's going to sound weird. There's an enormous sliding scale, okay? Like, I, I think I think that in an, in, in an intellectually honest discussion, most people can say, this thing is weirder than this thing, but not as weird as this thing, and here's Occam's razor, and here's something that's been believed for thousands of years, and, you know, we, we, can, we can have those huge philosophical discussions, and it's, it's all a little nutty. All of it. I'm not even just saying that, like, all religions are nutty. I'm saying, like, if you tr trying to understand the scope of existence is extremely difficult. We've been trying it forever, and no one is totally landed yet. And trying to disregard it also feels kind of nutty. And again, like, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not being even vague on purpose. I, I just don't know how to be specific in that conversation. And so, for me, though, that, that being the logic, for me, leads to, you know, stuff about the darkness and demonic stuff and all of that is, is, is interesting, but is less personally gripping to me than the fact that Buffalo makes him the guy over Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald and Odell Beckham. And he goes out every night on Chippewa Street in Buffalo and just turns the street into a frat party. Or then later on, uh, he would, after a deeper and deeper depression, he stop talking to anybody, barely talked to his girlfriend at the time. And instead of going out and partying night after night after night, quote, celebratory boozing would give way to self-loathing boozing at home, more of a numbing. Watkins would retreat to the basement, drink alone until 4 a.m., sleep two hours, and wake up at 6 a.m. to do it all over again. Guilt consumed him, rotting away his joy. He felt like he was letting everyone down, and not just in Buffalo, his friends, his family. Everyone back in Fort Myers, Dunbar area, a.k.a. Little Pakistan, who ever dreamt of a better life. That's gripping. And then that evolves. There's all of, there's all of this discussion of all of that darkness and everything. And it it kind of makes the next steps make more sense. He, he was thinking about retiring after he got hurt again uh, in, in, in his third season. 
He there's stuff about Sean McDermott bringing in like a dark energy in, in all of that, and he got traded to the Rams, and then he comes back and there's stuff about the Super Bowl and and having absolutely no doubt. He said he slept two hours before the Super Bowl, but when he woke up, he felt like Superman, bleeping Superman to be precise. And, you know, all of the stuff about vis- visualization of the, that, that is either more common or some of the elements of it that are less. Quote, he's convinced we only see 1% of this universe. All of that stuff, like, it, it starts... Again, I know it's out there, but it, it, it starts to kind of fit in his larger story within the context of everything else that this story tells. And so... It's, it's all really interesting kind of as a spectator, I suppose. But it's also kind of, you know, it, it's also kind of interesting to watch, like, you know, whatever, YouTube conspiracy videos or whatever, like, you know, whatever crazy pseudo-religious, I always go back to, like, basically YouTube videos, you know, like, how did I get here? It's 4 a.m., why am I watching this? But for me, this was more interesting because it, it kind of walks you up to Sammy Watkins in a story that is essentially told out from, you know, from like his, his late childhood in a way. It takes you from where he comes from through everything in Buffalo and through the, the darkness and the depression. I don't know if it was technically alcoholism, but alcohol abuse, obviously. Um, it, it walks you up through that and kind of to the point where Sammy Watkins is now. And even the way that the story kind of goes about re-emphasizing what he is, like, steadfast on, which is like, hey, you can give me negative energy, and I'm returning it with positive energy. I'm just trying to find positive energy in others, and I'm giving it back out there, and I'm not interested in any of this dark with dark kind of stuff. I I found a lot of those things sort of weirdly like encouraging almost like it it seems like it seems like he has such a such a healthier attitude now and and rudy i'm warning you now we're gonna do a radio tease and we're gonna take an early break it's not that early of a break i guess but it's because we're, we're everything i'm saying right now was how i was feeling up through the story and then he talks about some of this stuff with the Chiefs and his, his off-season discussions in terms of the the salary cap stuff and the, um, the contract reconstruction. And a lot of the things where I go, man, it seems like he's in a better place, even though it's something that I'm not particularly, like, comfortable with. I, guess, I don't know, that's kind of a, that makes it sound harsher than I mean for it to. Something I don't fully get, I suppose, which I imagine he would say is normal because you don't get it until you do, so that's fine. But whenever we come back, I'm going to read you more of this story and talk about what what is 
super relevant to the Chiefs because even with now you have the crash course of kind of the story up to this point, even within that, I actually think the kind of the payoff with the Chiefs element of this really does feel like kind of the culmination of the good and the bad of a lot of parts of this story. And it's really interesting, and it is generally about your favorite football team. So we'll take a break. Whenever we come back, I want to I talk about all of that. I can't be any more specific because it's going to take 15 minutes to even begin discussing it. So we'll take a break now. You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. Disney Channel's, you know, pushing their, their nonsense that all you millennials love this, you know, nonsense. That's why, that's why you guys lost election. With Joshua Briscoe. I that went well. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. If, uh, just real quick, here's a brief respite in the Sammy Watkins story. That liner is an old one. That was from a Sports Saturday or a Sports Sunday, like, at the beginning of me doing that. Like, you know it was early because that was a caller, and we don't really take calls partially because that dude talked for, like, two straight minutes and then said something about millennials and the Disney Channel agenda or whatever and then losing an election, and it was it was, it was was a strange one. I would like to think that it was someone doing a bit, but I really don't think that it was. It's been like three or four years now, and I really don't think that that was happening. I really don't think that was a bit. It, felt, it would have been four years. It would have been three years ago, probably. Yeah, it felt very appropriate in the beginning when I was talking about Disney. I was like, oh, hey, we have a <laughs> Disney liner. Yeah. Not, not as strange. appropriate. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm glad to have that liner back in my life. I wonder where that dude is. So here's uh, the Sammy Watkins story. Again, uh, it's on Bleacher Report. It's uh, by Tyler Dunn. We're going to talk to him Thursday night. He'll be on the show. And I have so many questions. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know. I cannot tell you the last time that I, I had, like, a number of specific questions in mind for anybody. Like, I, I kind of like the – the hop on the phone and chat kind of thing, or, you know, we have a couple of specific questions, we see where it takes us. I, I feel like this conversation with Tyler could be all three hours of the show, but, um, again, that's that's on Thursday. Seth Kaiser will be on with us here in about 30 minutes. We'll talk to him about the Sam Watkins thing some, I'm sure. But one, one part of this story that is, again, I think it still needs the context of everything that comes before it, but that does obviously directly impact the Chiefs and, and is just really fascinating in this way that's all kind of confusing. Um, here's, here's just, I'm just going to read you a few paragraphs of this. This, this first paragraph has a parenthetical sentence that I think Chiefs fans will chuckle at, but I'm not really looking to get hung up on it because I really don't think that's the important part of it here. I don't know if that's Tyler's editorializing or if this is trying to get in Watkins' head, but I don't really care to be terribly honest. Initially, he's emphatic. On this March day, the Chiefs' front office may be treating his salary cap number as an albatross, despite the fact that Watkins won them the Super Bowl, but he makes his intentions clear. Again, I'm kind of glossing over. He didn't win it. Whatever. I don't really care that much. Hell yeah, he wants to be in Kansas City next season. The number one reason? Head coach Andy Reid. Reid's like another, fa- another father. Reid gets him. Applaud Watkins for not giving in to Pat Riley's disease of me for not craving numbers, and he cuts in, but I do. Without warning, he's boiling. He will not play third or fourth fiddle on this team anymore. 
Now that he said a peep about it to the team, if anything, Watkins believes he's been the one keeping other young receivers in check. He taught selflessness. He put others in positions to score and was the first teammate on site in the end zone to celebrate. So briefly, Watkins daydreams of a career with Joe Burrow or Tua Tagovailoa. I'll follow one of them, that's in quotes, and building a Super Bowl winner as the guy somewhere else. He didn't like the like how the Chiefs left him out of so much of their marketing either. The fact that he wasn't on the marquee next to Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. Nor did he like hearing questions constantly from friends around the league about why he disappeared in the Chiefs' offense. Everything came to a head in that first Titans game when he manifested a loss. No more. There's more on that manifesting a loss, the Titans game thing earlier. Um, we're not going to have time to get to it, though. So you got to read the story. He vows to tell the Chiefs where he stands. He won't take a pay cut, and he needs, a, he needs his 100 targets, 1,000-plus yards, 12 touchdowns this season. Because just like he did before that AFC title game, before the Super Bowl, Watkins knows what's coming for him, coming next for him. Eight more seasons, two more Super Bowls, one gold jacket, book it. So this team better be ready to feed him the ball. Quote, I'm praying and hope they do it right by me if I go back, he says. If they don't, it's going to be World War III. Seriously. Because I feel like I've, put, I've been doing everything in my power to stay positive, to continue to uplift everybody on the team, to put myself last, to literally always put myself last. And he knows there are those in the Chiefs who haven't appreciated, this, uh, haven't appreciated this all. He won't name names, but he could sense bad energy from players and coaches alike. He could see it in one person's eyes in the hallway when that person then did a 180 to, talk, to walk the other direction. He felt it when someone told him during one game that he could injure himself if he entered, and, quote, boom, Watkins says, quote, I get hurt. He thinks one coach, at times, was playing for the other team. He thinks there are some on the staff who'd rather lose than see him succeed. Quote, it's sad, it's sad, it's unbelievably sad, Watkins says. I've been exposed to it. He wishes he could ignore it all. If he could just go back to being, quote, unconscious while living righteously, he'd do it in a heartbeat. Because darkness, he's learned, is everywhere, even on a team that hoists the Lombardi Trophy. Old Sammy is back. New Sammy is gone. A dark entity, briefly, seems to be getting exactly what it wants inside of Watkins right now. He's fighting darkness with more darkness, and on this day, he's clearly done in Kansas City. That's like chapter four in this story, just in its entirety. And I don't usually try to read entire chapters of things on the radio, but you tell me what part of that you would have left out. And so that's a section, a conversation from early March between Tyler, the author here, and Sammy. Good on Tyler for not uh, tweeting that at the time, because that would have been a whole bleep show. But that was that was the state of things at one point. And then the very next section, chapter you know, section five, clarity. Time passes, March grinds on, and new Sammy takes back control, overwhelming any bad memories with good ones. Only good ones. They all come rushing back. He thinks about his relationship with Reed. It's the best he's ever had with a coach. It started with 11 p.m. phone calls from his first year in Kansas City. Quote, hey, Starship, how you doing? Reed calls him Starship 14. Reed would ask about life, about his two girls. Watkins' daughters love Reed. Their energies match. Reed gets him. Once in a team meeting, Watkins leaned back to stretch a sore neck, and Reed, out of nowhere, yelled at him. Quote, Sammy, stop. Stop talking to your people. They've been visiting in my sleep. Stop. 
confused. Watkins asked him what he meant. You know, Mars, Neptune. When the rest of the world freaked out over Watkins talking retirement mid-Super Bowl week, Reed never even brought it up to him. He knew Watkins was fooling around, and whenever Watkins was frustrated last season, Reed called him into his office to tell him he was elite and his time was coming. Quote, every word that he said, Watkins says, has turned true. Every single word. There's a thing here about Mahomes throwing back many a beer. Pat knows everything about him, and he knows everything about Pat. There's no bad blood here. He thinks about the wide receivers. This isn't the loner afraid to speak speak to anyone in his far corner of the Bills locker room or the guy in Los Angeles just starting to open up. In Kansas City, he's himself, and man, what a feeling that is. He peppers all the wide receivers with theories. They've, they've learned that if you choose to go really in-depth with Watkins, then Watkins will go really in-depth with you. Once you're in, you're in. There's no escape. Every conversation is a, quote, roller coaster, McCool Hardman says. Then there's more here about what Hardman said and um, using 35% of the brain instead of 10, but there's still only 35. And uh, Felton Davis is quoted extensively in this story, which is funny just because it wasn't a name that I spent much time thinking about. Um, and then it's spaceships and aliens and everything. Those, So those parts, the thing about like, Thing like a coach would rather lose than see him succeed is like a pretty like serious allegation, I guess. The World War Three thing on its own would have been an, an absolute bombshell, no pun intended. But then it followed up by everything else, sort of diffuses it. But the mere existence of both of those sort of conflicting realities there is fascinating, one. And secondly, like, concerning? If, if that makes sense. It's the most, I would say in this entire story, that covers so, so much ground. I would say that that was the most jarring whiplash in the story that was, you know, time passes. We don't know exactly how far apart those are. Um, but it sounds like it was probably a couple weeks. I'm going to ask Tyler about that on Thursday and try to get that specifically. But that particular dichotomy was, was really jarring and a little concerning because literally one of them sounded like that, that, that part, that first part sounds like the chiefs would have had no choice, but to cut him and let him go, let him go try to get a payday in Cincinnati or Miami, go play with Burrow or Tua, and and go go try to be the guy in one of those places, and then see how it goes. When do your eight more seasons, two Super Bowls, and a gold jacket? And then the next paragraph, or the next section, sounded like Sammy Watkins could be a guy who would uh, would keep restructuring his deal, or straight up take pay cuts to stay in an environment 
that he loves and enjoys with a coach that feels like a father to him that you know his kids love and everything especially after you know Sean McDermott felt like he was chasing with bad energy and testing him and I'm I really I'm I'm really not trying to like play pop psychologist here so don't please don't read into this that that way um but but that that particular pivot between two incredibly opposing sentiments just felt very jarring and and I don't know man I if you if you find me in a bad moment on any topic or a good moment on any topic two weeks apart maybe I would sound like that also especially like he was in a negotiation you know for millions of dollars on the line an expensive contract trying to defend his value in a way it's not like insane but it was sort of it was sort of jarring sort of startling and and part of the reason also that um that that part was striking to me was because and now I am pure I am editorializing it from this point forward in a way that you you can you can disagree and that's fine uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't really argue too hard but taking Buffalo Sammy Watkins and 2020 Super Bowl champion Kansas City Sammy Watkins, he seems he seems to be in such a more stable place, and I, I I still think he is. But even while there is weird stuff, things with aliens and shapeshifters and. You know, maybe, maybe you're willing to buy into um, some other plane of existence or demonic activity or or maybe you're all the way in on aliens and shapeshifters. Maybe you're in on some of that. Maybe you're in on none of that, whatever. But whatever it is that he's got kind of figured out right now seems way better than drinking until 4 a.m., sleeping for two hours, getting up at 6 and doing the whole day again over. I'm not. I'm not interested in in trying to litigate what's okay for Sammy Watkins to believe if it doesn't, you know, negatively impact other people. Whatever. But but this particular kind of back and forth on the Chiefs thing with the contract thing and all of that didn't really fit my reading of the story up until that point. When things did start to kind of feel like they were maybe smoothing out a little bit, they were maybe maybe kind of settling down for him. Then all of a sudden, I, I'm going to find the specific phrasing here. Without warning, he's boiling. It it seems like so so much of this is about like his positive energy and everything. 
And then there's a, without warning, he's boiling. And on this topic, too. Again, I'm not telling you that that I haven't had, you know, anything, anything, any way sort of like that. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, Rudy, this is not an invitation for you to start listing them off. But I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Rudy has had some would have some story somewhere of same topic, different day, me being very, having very different outlooks on a thing. I mean, where do you want me to start? I don't. I don't want you to start. <laughs> Is that an incredibly large piece of paper? It's a journal. It's a journal. Oh, good. That's excellent. Uh, I, would like, I would like you to start by dropping that journal into our paper shredder. Thank you. But I mean... I don't know. It just stuck out to me. That's all. I, maybe I don't have to defend it or justify it. That part just stuck out to me, partially because talking about the Chiefs is like, you know, 80% of my job. And that was very relevant to the Chiefs, and it will be relevant in a year from now, whenever he's an unrestricted free agent. And and we're all like, all right, well, they're probably going to move on from Sammy Watkins, and then Brett Beach is going to sign him to like a three-year, $60 million deal. you are like, wait, what? Sorry? Well, he wants eight. He wants eight more seasons. Sure, seven years, hundred twenty million dollars. What? I mean, if if it's gonna go how Sammy thinks it's gonna go, give him that contract now. Oh yeah, no, for sure. If if he's right, if he's got eight more seasons, two Super Bowls, and a gold jacket. Although, oh god, here you want to you want to test the the newfound privilege of the Chiefs fan? Would you take two more Super Bowls in the next eight years? Ooh, I didn't think about that. Uh, right? Okay, you know How what? buck wild is that? Sorry, Sammy. Gotta go. Maybe maybe they win, you know, the two out of the next three, and then he goes somewhere else and doesn't win again. Maybe that's the plan. Yeah, so, so that's what I was thinking. Maybe it's a situation where it's essentially the Chiefs pull a Patriots. They win like three or four, yep. and then there is that gap in between, and then they win another three or four, you know, three to four again. And I mean, like, I'd rather just win one every like two years for the next, yeah, you know, twenty. But I could same. live with, you know, six over 15, 20 years. Uh, you know, I don't know if I could. I think you get one year on, one year off, sort of thing. That's certainly how I prefer it. Same. Yeah. Or just like every year for the next every 20. year. <laughs> that's what I, I don't think I'm asking for too. much. That's what I was gonna say too. I mean, maybe look. Clearly, in the Super Bowl every year, maybe the NFC wins it. You know, if football's a crazy game, maybe something something weird happens. You know, there there are sure. things out there. Yeah, yeah, I'm bad. I think that would be acceptable. I don't know, man. I if you haven't read this story and you're like, well, you, well, why would I read the story? You just told me the story. I didn't. I really didn't. We just talked about it for 45 minutes, and I did not tell you the whole story. It's also really well written. Like I, extremely, I'm almost to the end. It it is extremely well written. It it just it flows so well and so easily, and it puts you there as he's knocking over a full beer bottle. Um, and like after, like to an extent that he scares himself. Like there there are little details in it, and again, it's, it's well written. It, I don't know. I didn't check the word count, but it's long and it's an easy read and there are parts of it that I didn't mention here and we'll talk to Tyler on Thursday and on Thursday I am not going to uh, 
I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you the the Cliff's notes again. You you get this, and now you need to go read it. The one other thing that it will will shift to something else whenever we come back here. Um, I don't. The one other thing is that I don't. I hope I don't sound like I'm either being um, judgmental or flippant. And I, I mean, like, I, and I don't think that he's like terribly sensitive about it. The, the article mentions, you know, he's used to people being skeptical, and I would, of course, I would consider myself skeptical. Um, I would probably more widely consider myself a skeptic about about any enormous number of things. But it it the whole thing tells what to me feels like. It's not necessary. It's not like an. I don't think that this is an inspirational story in the sense of like this person was here now look at him. So I think it's too complicated for that. Honestly, I think if you get every any story, it becomes too complicated for any sort of label like that. I think this is. I think this is ultimately a positive story though. I, I I think it does such a good job of showing exactly how bad things got for Samuel Watkins that it's it's extremely evident that this is better. And it's also just genuinely fascinating. So I, I, I think everyone should read it. And if Sammy Watkins wants to hang out whenever we can all go to restaurants again, um, I will buy because I, I, I've, I've talked to Sammy Watkins in locker rooms, I think maybe, you know, a couple of times, a few times. And I feel like I have wasted, <laughs> I feel like those, I feel like whatever I asked him about the Texans defense, defensive backs was a absolute waste of breath on both of our parts. Because I, I found all this really, really interesting. It's on Bleacher Report. We'll talk to the author on Thursday. Whenever we come back, we'll talk about something completely different. You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. With Joshua Briscoe. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. On Sports Radio 810 WHB. We have to get to Seth Kaiser here in just a couple of minutes. So the the two things that I am weirdly upset about right now, I don't think we have time to talk about either of them because one is about <laughs> – here's a tease for like 30 minutes from now. I'm, I'm outlandishly angry <laughs> about <laughs> – about breakfast food and the <laughs> the accusation that some members of sports media don't actually want sports to return <laughs> because from coronavirus. So I'm mad about I'm mad about the accusation that some sports media is rooting for the coronavirus and also a conversation about fruit juices. <laughs> 
And I don't have time to talk about it here. Because Seth is coming up. Also, uh, the uh, NBA and Major League Baseball are both working on plans. Spoiler alert for if we don't get to it anytime soon. I feel like the ball's rolling. I feel like it's rolling, and that's good. Nothing like imminent. But, you know, maybe I, as a sports media person, would rather just not have any sports to talk about. I'd rather just stop existing. Nope, I gotta save it. We'll talk about that, all of that, after we talk to Seth Kaiser of The Athletic, who will join us whenever we come back. Uh, we'll talk to him about the Chiefs' schedule, because that was last week. And, I don't know, we'll see if he got an emu. Seth Kaiser of The Athletic is next. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.